Hello and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast, where we share stories and practices about discovering your purpose, developing your spiritual awareness and gifts, healing from a holistic place, and boldly sharing your unique expression in the world. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a former professor, now spirituality and meditation teacher who is obsessed with living a life filled with joy, authenticity, and community connection. It is my pleasure to share this space and these stories with you today. Let's begin. Welcome back, everyone. I am super stoked to be doing this episode today. (laughs) I feel like you hear me say that every time, and it is genuinely true. Every time I sit down to record the podcast episode, it's usually because there's something exciting to talk about and someone usually exciting to share with you. So it has been just a hilarious and fun week. I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but this year I've kind of gone into like a cocoon state. And while I was there, I wasn't producing much in terms of podcast episodes, that sort of thing. And so I am now getting to record the intros and the outros for episodes that um, I've kind of held on to for a little while until I really understood, you know, why I was doing this and how I wanted to do it Um, until I really wanted to come out of that cocoon state. And I have given myself the permission and the space to let my motivation unfold, to let the messages of the episodes unfold. And for me, this has meant essentially uninstalling (laughs) a lot of the software of capitalism Um, in the way that I am not so driving myself by production, like I have to do this by this particular time or else I'm a bad person or or else, you know, like the, the podcast is going to fail or my business is going to fail. Instead, I've been looking at the ways that I tell myself I'm going to say lies, lies like that or untruths like that and kind of unpacking that and unpacking the way that I've only learned to be happy when something's complete right? So you complete the thing and then you pat yourself on the back. You go, I did a good job. Now I can feel good. And instead, I've been really asking myself to look at the whole process as something that you could feel good in. And um, part of that has meant sort of becoming comfortable with unfinished things and uh, with not knowing and just being able to breathe and give space and give awareness to that which is why, um, like I said, (laughs) I think I could have um, made a new human (laughs) in the amount of time it has taken me to do the post-production work on these podcast episodes. And you know what? I want to feel ashamed about that, but I just can't. Um, I actually feel kind of like a really good thing is happening. And so if you're interested in doing that kind of like work for yourself and really thinking about, um, you know, what motivates you And is it a capitalist motivation? Are you only satisfied when the product is done versus during the process of making the product? I have a couple questions for you. (laughs) So like these are the ones that I ask myself when I'm going through this process. And I ask myself things like, does this, you know, project, does this thing on my to-do list need to happen right now? And can I get comfortable or how can I get comfortable with things sort of being in a open state? How can I get comfortable with openness? Isn't that kind of like a a profound question, right? And then do I limit the like thoughts that I have 
Or do I, I limit the projects that I have by rushing them to the point of completion to get that sense of, oh, look, I did something, right? Am I validating based on the process or am I validating based on the thing actually being done? And I have been just, like I said, kind of unpacking some of that for myself. And it is big stuff, I will admit. So you may have noticed from the last episode, which was on um, hypnosis, which is super, super cool, (laughs) that I am shifting from the mini series on creativity and pivoting to a new mini series on holistic healing and methods and practices for working on your life, your spiritual life, your awareness, all of that good, rich, juicy, juicy stuff. So last week we talked to Susie Day about hypnotherapy and how that works. And this week I'm doing an interview with um, Luna talking about astrology. I know you're going to absolutely love her. And then next week we're going to go into an interview on sensual healing and touch healing, which is uh, a really great episode. You aren't going to miss, you aren't going to want to miss a single one of them. Um, yeah, they've just been great. But before we get into this interview, I wanted to share with you a story that I promise has to do with the astrologer I'm interviewing today. I met Luna on another platform, a platform for spiritual women and goddess worship, you know, like you do. And I wanted to do an exchange. I love exchanges. Um, the readings that come from them and the process of like exchanging energy or exchanging services with another uh, provider or practitioner really seems profound to me in that um, I get to know them and they get to know me on this sort of like deeper level. And then we build trust with each other and we both practice the giving and receiving roles, which is um, fun and a really nice way, like I said, to uh, receive something. So I put out there that I wanted to exchange a soul portrait for an astrology reading and Luna raised her hand and said, hey, that sounds really cool. I'd love to do that. And I like there were a couple other people that did, too, but I'm I picked her. (laughs) I liked her name. (laughs) Anyways, the astrology reading that she did for me really affirmed things that I already knew about myself and helped me to see also some of the unconscious operating systems that when you look at my life, we're definitely there and definitely at work and kind of understanding them or having the language to talk about them and digest them really helped me understand not only how I was making decisions in the past, but how I can make better decisions in the future or how I could like harness the good stuff from that um, and really work it sort of to my advantage. And one of the things that really came through, which was like not shocking to me, But like a focus point for me was that in my chart, it shows in the like building of my career that I'm going to need to be and want to be and desire to be sharing stories and working with people, which gave me a laugh because y'all are all here on Sacred Adventure Begins. So you know that that (laughs) you know that that's essentially what I've kind of been doing with this podcast. Um, But as we were going through the interview, Luna was really talking about Um, like collaborations and working in larger groups and having that sense of variety, but also that sense that the Venetian sense of like pleasure with all of it. And I have to tell you, I had a lot of resistance to hearing that just as like a, 
as a former overachiever, especially in school, I hated group projects because I always felt like I could never trust the other people in my group to do a good job. Um, but also because oftentimes I felt like, um, it was hard to communicate and it was hard to get people together to want to work on a thing and to have a like communal vision. And of course, when you're a kid, you don't have the language for that. And I definitely, definitely have way more of the language for that now. But opening up to the idea that communications uh, and collaborations were possible for me also meant doing a lot of self-healing around my sense of community, around my sense of belonging, around my sense of trust, which, as you know, we just moved to Boston and I lost a lot of our friend community and our in-person community. And because of COVID, there was no longer the dance community for me to lean on and to meet people through. And so... Going through all of this um, and then hearing, you know, hey, the way to like advance your career and the place that you're really headed according to your astrology is like into group scenarios was was hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I had like a moment where I was like, OK, I'm open to this and it's exciting that it'll work out. So that has been actually one of the greatest pleasures is trying to do that. I have met and made friends with so many incredible people by just asking the question, hey, would you like to do a collaboration? Or hey, I love your work. I think we could like dovetail this nicely into a thing and put it together. And it has really just exploded what I even thought was possible and really restored my faith <laughs> in community and the concept of community and my own concept of belonging in it. And I owe a lot of that to Luna, um, to tell you the truth. I also have a little bit of a funny story. It's not a funny story. Actually, it's an example of how when we're listening to our guidance, things come through for us. So as, as I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of the healing around my sense of belonging and uh, my sense of having like in-person friends. And as things have been opening up um, a little bit here and people have been doing more things in person, that desire has returned to um, see people in person and to be like in physical proximity with people outside of those who live in my house, which is me and my husband, our two dogs and our cat. And um, anyway, I like to sort of tune into the universe and ask for like things that are in my greatest good to come to me, all that kind of stuff. Um, and <laughs> this week, actually, it's really funny. Um, our gym let us take our masks off. And before you get like crazy with it, I, I, it's optional to take your mask off. And then we put them on when we're actually working out. But like when we come in, we don't have to like come in covered up and we still have to like sanitize. Anyway, it, I got to see people's faces for the first time ever. I have been seeing these people three times a week for a year and a half. I've never seen their faces. And there's this one woman who I've always like, been chatty with and I love her jewelry and her style and I, apparently I'm the only person who can pronounce her name <laughs> anyway wouldn't you know that um as things have been opening up we were walking out of the business together and she was like oh I just I live walking distance from here and I was like oh my gosh me too and then we we're like we should get brunch and so we did we went and we got brunch today and you guys oh my god I've also been looking for folks that I can just be like talk shop with in terms of like 
you know, like having your own business and then being in a spiritual practice and being in the healing community and all of that stuff. And um, (laughs) she's also a practitioner. (laughs) I would have never guessed from like looking at her. uh, It just seemed like we just seemed to sort of hit it off and like joke around during class and stuff like that. And then we're like walking to brunch and she was like, what do you do? And I told her what I did and she just stopped walking. She was like, oh my God, I do the same thing. And we had a bit of a giggle, except she just retired essentially and was also looking for um, someone to not take over her practice, but um, to refer people to. And so it was literally perfect because I was looking to get referrals and it, I don't think that I could have planned it any better. And it really just kind of, I had a moment with it where I was like, wow, the universe has literally been trying to get this person to me, (laughs) into my proximity, into my life, and has done it in this beautiful way where I got to know her slowly um, and in a really safe way. And now that it's time to be more open, uh, it it was time for us to, to meet finally and to like start a friendship. And I I just thought that was so cool and so synchronistic. Um, yeah. So I, I look forward to telling you more about what I'm going through in terms of exploring uh, what it means to be in community, to build friendships, to do collaborations, all of that, and how the universe is sort of magically bringing things that way. And it does that. I don't want you to hear that and think, oh, you know, that's just for Emily. No, that's for you too. Uh, the universe sets us up for success when we ask for what we want, when we show up for that, and when we clear the blockages that we have to those things coming through. Anyway, Luna was a big help in encouraging me to uh, trust community again, to go in that direction, and to just be open and to really look into what all of that brings up for me. So I'm going to let her tell you her story, and you'll get to hear us talk all about how astrology can help you make choices, can help you get to know yourself, and how it can help you grow in awareness of yourself, your soul, your purpose, your life, all of that kind of stuff. So here we go. All right. Welcome, Luna Brooke, to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Hi, Emily. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I have already introduced you to the listeners, but if you don't mind, could you tell folks a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Luna. I'm an astrologer and spiritual life coach. Um, I started out with a blog called The Chakra Oracle. And on my personal journey, I'm working with a chakra for a full calendar year, going through all of them to become a master in spiritual healing. And I kind of stumbled along astrology along the way. (laughs) And then at a certain point, the only way to continue that uh, study was to become a professional in it. You know, there's only so many family and friends I could practice on. And so I'm a member (laughs) of the American Federation of Astrologers, which really treats astrology like a science. And I actually, you know, got my degree in engineering, so have a very (laughs) scientific mind. And then spiritual life coaching kind of developed out of the astrology uh, readings because, you know, during a birth chart reading, and you know, you're looking at past, present, and future, you're looking at your whole life. 
So that's a lot to kind of share with someone and then be like, okay, good luck to you. (laughs) So so I figured I should get some training in in life coaching and I got certified in spiritual life coaching. Um, So then I've just been rocking with that more, the the readings and coaching. uh, And it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I... um got on your website. I, like I told you, uh, before coming here, cause I, I told the listeners already that I got the, um, astrology reading with you, which I absolutely loved. And I have so many questions already just based on like what you just said. So <laughs> let's, um, let's kind of start here. Like how does, mm, no, that's not how I want to word the question. Yes, it is. Why would, how does knowing your astrology help you? I mean, I know that you just said that it gives you, you know, like your past, your present and your future, but like what ways would like, or why would somebody, somebody normally come to you for an astrology reading? Yeah, for sure. So let me answer a different <laughs> question a little bit first, which would be really the benefits you get out of an astrology reading. Yeah. Um, because there's so many reasons that could lead up to to wanting these benefits. And the first is really self-acceptance and empowerment. Uh, One thing I notice in my work a lot, right, is the judgment we just put on certain people and characters, right? So if you are uh, airheaded or hotheaded, like these are literal descriptions I would use looking at certain energy types over others. And then we look at some of those, right? And say, well, I don't want to be an airhead. I, I don't want to be hot tempered. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of hate in that. So just by accepting like that is who I am, that's a good thing, right? Yes. That means being very sensitive. You're like, okay, I am. And that's my gift. So all of these energetic qualities are people's gifts <laughs> and they have <laughs> clear uses within the collective Um, which when you're looking at the whole universe, you're thinking about the whole universe, the collective. And that is empowering, right? You see, I am this way by design. It's well-intentioned. It's all good. (laughs) And that it's purposeful and, you know, how you balance um, everyone else out. So I think a lot of times, people might show up because they're really rejecting certain parts of themselves. And then they say, well, I don't know who I am. And astrology helps you to know yourself. Oh, that was really beautiful. Yeah. You know everything already. You're just trying to push away certain parts. So (laughs) yeah, I, oh my God. Um, I don't, I don't do astrology, but I do like life path coaching and spiritual coaching also. And I have this sheet that I have people fill in because people will be like, I don't know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And like, they fill in the sheet thinking the questions are just like innocuous questions. And the questions are stuff like, like what annoys you about society or like, what, what do people do that really hurts you? And if you like, look at those things, like those negative things, but there's positive things on there too. Like, what are you attracted to? What, you know, like all kinds of stuff. And like, we use that to like, be like, yes, actually, you know what your purpose is. <laughs> yes. Like, So it's kind of funny, uh, just the like different ways that oftentimes we find out like, oh, okay, yeah, I really actually knew this. For sure. And I didn't even mention before, I do tarot readings too. Oh yeah. I'll do them in the park, like for free and online for customers, but it's just fun for me more than anything. 
And sometimes people show up to these readings. And I, I mean, someone once waited in line like two hours, got to the print, and they're like, I'm nervous. <laughs> like, what are Why? you? Because I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. And they're, yeah, people are really afraid to hear certain truths. Yes. Um, and then it's not scary at all once we move through it. But I always kind of, I, I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, also there's like so much conditioning that we have to unpack, like you were saying earlier about like what's right or what's quote unquote wrong with us and how like society makes airheadedness seem like flighty or unintelligent when really it's just that you are like- Lighthearted. Yeah. And yeah, like a track, a visionary. Yeah. Joyful, playful. There's a spacey element for sure. Yeah. And there's so many examples, right? Naive. Oh, you're naive. Trusting and forgiving. <laughs> <Like>. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> On the other side of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, hopeful even I would add to naivety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we did my chart or cracking up. I, I don't think the listeners know this. So I'll share this with them. I'm, I'm was born on the Scorpio Sagittarius cusp, but I'm very much like Scorpio. And like, every time I read the stuff about Scorpio, it gives me a chuckle because the, like the love of the dark stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. like definitely. Yes. I have that, like the yeah. enjoyment of mystery, but also like there are very vindictive qualities about Scorpio, which actually oftentimes will tell me how I've been hurt and how I can love myself more deeply. And so like really is a like kind of, and also how much I love like the idea of balance or um, like justice. And then knowing that about myself, I can be more careful about, is this justice according to Emily or would this actually be justice? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Scorpio is ruled by Mars and Pluto, so co-ruled, but Pluto only influences Scorpio of the 12 zodiac signs. And that's the very far out planet in the darkness, right? So that's why Scorpio really takes us into the deep dark, because Pluto is out there really far in space. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's so cool and interesting to know. Yeah. Can you like, I... I feel like I might be asking too much in a single podcast episode. Well, I'll I'll talk to you first because to add to the, another reason someone would really do an astrology reading uh, is direction. So even if you really are in a place of, I know who I am, uh, sometimes you just don't, you you don't know what to do next. You know, it's like, it's now the right time. um, Cause there's so many ways you can focus your energy, but astrology uh, and you can do this even with companies, with projects. It doesn't just have to be like your life, um, you know, countries and businesses, all of birth charts too, right? They're, they're date of conception. Uh-huh. So you can use it to just decide what's the next best step for you. How should you focus your energy right now? So a lot of times when we're feeling stuck, it's not that you don't have ideas or visions or options. Uh, you just really don't know what's best to to work with. And so looking at what's going on in present time, and this is when we shift from looking at a birth chart reading, a personality, uh, an energy type, to horoscopy, right? To how to work with your energy right now that is supported by the energy of the environment and, and where the planets are. 
That's so cool. Okay, I have a spinoff question for that, but I like also want to share for the listeners this. I like um, because in my chart, like a lot of according to my chart, a lot of my success is going to happen in the like later parts of my life. That's like all my planets are stacked like at the end in the last couple areas. But it was really interesting knowing like basically where Venus was placed and and how it was like square with other planets because it was really suggesting that like sense of joy, that sense of play and also like the the like sumptuousness of of life. Mm-hmm. And at like knowing that that could be like a counterpoint to other stuff I was encountering um, to help that steady climb go has also been really helpful and interesting for me as like a way to sort of like center my energy or think about my approach to things. So yeah. Yeah. What you're speaking on there is hard and soft energy. Yeah. Right. So when energy is just flowing unbound, like a particle moving through air, it doesn't meet resistance. And we have lots of parts of ourselves that move unbound without restriction. Then certain planets, like, and for you, Venus, with these hard aspects, a square, right? It's that 90 degree corner. And you can now imagine air flowing through the corner of a room. It gets stuck. It gets stagnant. It's harder <laughs> to, to do move. that. Yeah. You know, in feng shui, this is why you wouldn't put your bed in the corner of a room. You're sleeping in stagnant energy. But in a chart, that air still needs, it still needs to move, right? <laughs> We're not going to just stop it before the corner and say, stay there forever. You just have to do that harder work. Um, so that's where we start looking at soft and hard aspects in a birth chart. And they really describe themselves, right? The hard ones are challenging. Yes. <laughs> the soft ones are ooh, fluid and enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I had like never really looked at my life or considered it that way, but actually I came to you because I was feeling like stuck energy and I wanted to have an idea of how to move like through it and how to like navigate my own growth and my business's growth. And, uh, like the chart definitely like a hundred percent provided that. And also some other bonus information. (laughs) It's really amazing how much information you extract from a birth chart. Totally. I know every astrologer has their own approach uh, to to what you do when you receive a birth chart, right? Because there's just so much information. <laughs> and honestly, part of my process with clients is I look at it and I sleep on it before I actually go any further into the story because that just subconscious work with it helps me in the morning know where where to look at right where to translate this energy into into words um which is what the astrologer is doing it's all visual even the language of astrology is through symbols right so that symbolic language allows you to interpret it in whatever way appears at that time well, you also, I don't know if you're still doing this or not, but you also made a really cool PowerPoint that had all that information in it. And like, sure, I always do. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to tell listeners this. And then they book with you and they're like, where's my PowerPoint? Um. And especially because, you know, there's, there's no guarantee we're going to get through all that content that I prepare ahead of time. <laughs> it's a lot. It's really great though. <laughs> it's a lot. And I, you know, if I'm receiving it, I, I want to share it. There's yeah. no benefit to me receiving this information and not sharing it. 
So if we spend the whole time talking about your relationship and we don't get into any of that other stuff, it's like, I know how much the other info is going to benefit the individual. It's their universe, right? And I realized that it's like, why OU universe? Yes, totally. I also like, and here's kind of like my, my spinoff question on this. Cause this also happened in my chart. Like what happens when somebody comes to you and they're like, I'm feeling stuck, I'm feeling blocked. And like, you look at their chart and you're like, yeah, that's not going to change for a while. Like <laughs> well, here's the thing. Everything's always changing. So at least yeah. with astrology, there are start and end dates. Cool. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so even the most challenging things, which would be the oppositions, which are when you have I have a ton of those in my chart too. Degrees Tons. from each other. <laughs> uh, those are the longest storylines in your life, but there's a start point and an end point. They might move back and forth the whole time. It's like a magnet with, with these poles. Um, and, and then every aspect from there that we divide now into smaller angles are shorter storylines. Um, and the planet involved in those aspects are going through transits in real time, right? So things like the moon, our emotions, that changes all the time. Yeah. Right? And then Mercury, the way we communicate changes pretty quickly because we are always learning new things, meeting new people who are introducing us to new words. So that, you know, Mercury also transits around the same pace as the sun, a little slower. Um, and the sun ones we know the most, right? The solar, tra- the sun makes a full transit every year. Your mm-hmm. birthday is your solar return. But as we move away from the earth, right, through uh, Mars, Venus, and and get to Saturn and Jupiter, (laughs) this gets way more interesting. (laughs) So these are the planets that really start to define timelines of growth in our life and how we move through relationships. Um, But they have start and end dates for when they're going through these tough um, aspects. So when Saturn is going through an opposition, it might stay seven to nine months. And then it's weaning away from that opposition. <laughs> still like, you know, influenced by it, but it gets easier. And even knowing, you know, when people are going through like a divorce or ending a business partnership, um, any ending, it's helpful to see when the beginning is going to start to really take form and when that's going to flutter and all of this, because it's like that motivation to move through that stuck energy in the present. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's also like where the coaching aspect comes in too, because you're like, okay, you're in this situation. Let me also talk to you about manifesting. Let me also talk to you about spiritual growth. Like, let's talk about the ways and the energies in your chart that you can still be doing like self-work or other stuff. Like as you go through this, like process, like here are the things that'll support it. Here are the things that won't. And that was another like really cool, like aspect of the reading that I, I don't, I, well, I had never done it, had an astrology reading. I was like, didn't know what to expect, yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was like really impressed with it. And I really, again, found it very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, with, 
with coaching, right? There's nothing that happens energetically that's negative. It just doesn't happen. So even when something like Mercury retrograde is happening and there's all these communication failures and people are like, oh, Mercury retrograde. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah, don't, don't launch or sell anything during this. Don't do this. Don't communicate. Don't do that. Like, it, don't use technology. And you're like, what? Stop. Well, <laughs> but what we can really do here is Mercury retrograde is having you turn that communicative energy inward. So mm. all these communication failures happening around you are the result of these misunderstandings that are ready to be exploited at any time. Love because it. moving through information so quickly, Mercury retrograde turns that inward and says, slow down, right? So these failures, communication failures, pause you to stop and say, why was that failing? Where's the misunderstanding? Um, and it's ultimately teaching you how to communicate more effectively by teaching you how important it is to listen Yourself. and process. Yep. But that's not what we talk about when Mercury retrograde comes up. Yeah. <laughs> no, we talk about our cell phone not working. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Astrologers are definitely more... Um, jaded a little bit than I am. <laughs> so you'll see that as a difference in certain astrologers. Some are always uh, moving towards the growth from it and the expansion, right? The light that is expansion. And others are very, uh, you know, kind of laughing at the comedy of the third dimension of what is actually taking form. And the only difference there is the dimensional approach you take. So I take a fifth <laughs> dimensional approach always when looking at a birth chart. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I'm going to like get you to talk about the chakra stuff too in a second, but like, I do also want to say like the other cool thing, um, about having the chart reading. And I told you this earlier, I, uh, but it like kind of explains some things to me. Cause there were, there were times when I would like try and, uh, like teach well yoga specifically. Uh, there was like a whole, when I finished my yoga teacher training, I was so excited about teaching yoga and I like started launching these classes and I had like, I had a studio that I was working through and stuff and like no one was showing up or like one or two people will show up or whatever. And uh, we were talking about that and you were like, you know, you're really going to see a lot of success when you do um, collaborations. This was in my chart. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just give this a shot. But it was also really hard too, because like uh, hearing that <laughs> as someone who like, I'm not going to say likes control, but I'm going to say mm -hmm. likes, likes organization, like and likes direct communication, not like fluffy communication and like all of that, like dealing with another person can be hard because you're managing like two sets of expectations, two sets of ideas for the thing or, or more if you work with even more people. And I was resistant to it, but you, you told me it. And I was like, I will try this. And I launched a course that was just like so much more successful than I ever would have thought it would, would have been. And yeah. it, yeah, it was really encouraging. And it, it's like, again, another like thing that really came out of that reading that I found so interesting was like how energetically I am being supported in doing those things, even if maybe right now I, I fear them. So yeah. And even looking at that energy specifically of control, it's the fire <laughs> element. It's yeah. the solar plexus chakra in action. And that fire energy is the creative transformative force. 
So you're the one who's going to put in the, the work, the hard work and the creative power to get these started, get these going. But honestly, fire is the least compatible energy with the others. Earth gets along with literally everyone because it's home to all the elements. Uh-huh. But what happens when you mix fire and water? What happens when you mix fire and air? There's combustion and, and chaos. <laughs> Right. So <laughs> there is this like certain energetic resistance from other beings to perhaps, right, that control that is so necessary to the success of a project. It is. It's so necessary. It is. But it's a lot then for someone else to receive, especially water and air elements. <laughs> the- so when you are now working with someone else in collaboration, you're not going to be, the odds of you working with another fire is just unlikely. So you're probably getting some balance that now makes this way more uh, palatable, enjoyable, attractive to the larger majority of people. Yeah. And it's easier too for, well, now even just hearing that, like I I always, I like clear communication. So going in, I'm going to be like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, this is what I need from you to make this happen. Are you interested? Yes or no? Like, (laughs) And people are so lucky to have, right. You show up with that straight path forward. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm definitely interested like in collaborating and people like changing the plan and stuff, but like, I also need to have the terms like figured out, but I think that's also like, isn't that like Capricorn energy? Yeah. Oh, well, the other cool thing that I, again, I wasn't expecting at all. And this is, I, I want to tease out some of this too, because it was new news to me. Um, the very first thing in the reading that we did together was a like drawing of my chakra system, according to my astrology. And it was so fascinating. I was looking at it and actually there were things that I've had, you know, like artists do them. There are things that I've seen in my own chakra that like lined up perfectly with what you drew. And then as we were talking about it, I was like, yep, that's true. Yep. That's true. Energetically. Mm -hmm. It was so it was fascinating because it's like, wait, did you, did you like close your eyes and receive this? And you're like, no, it's in your chart. And I was like, wait, the chakras are in my chart. Like, so can you just talk about that? <laughs> yes. Uh, this is what draws all of this work together. It makes it make sense to me. Uh-huh. Right? So again, astrology is cool because it's a science. That's why things like, um, co-star can exist and these online programs that will take your birth chart information really this is just points in a grid kind of when you're looking at it uh orbital grid um and translating that into you know a few descriptors a few energies and it's very hard then to get a very personalized and accurate description through words, which are so limiting, right? You're taking this big energy, this big idea and bringing it down to words. So I start with the aura drawing, right? Your default energy flow using the chakra system, because then the person looking at it can really receive and interpret those energies any which way should be applied at that time and not through the definitive language of words. So every 
zodiac sign corresponds to at least one chakra and some resonate with three or four even. So the first thing we're looking at is the elements, the material elements, right? Are earth, water, and fire. And then we have air is still exists in the material realm, right? It's not in ether yet. So um, those are dealing with the lower four chakras. The root chakra is earth element. The sacral chakra is water element. The solar plexus chakra is fire element. And the heart chakra is air element. This all makes sense. We breathe air in our lungs, in our heart, uh, right? We digest food <laughs> in our fire. Stomach, yeah. right? which gets its energy from the sun. Our bladder, our urinary tract, our kidneys are all in the sacral chakra. And then the root chakra goes all the way with your legs and your feet too, which literally walk on this earth. So it's all very straightforward, these connections in the body. And then there are three zodiac signs for each element. So uh, Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus are all earth element signs. Then Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer, which is my zodiac sign, hey. are all <laughs> water elements. Then we go into fire and we get Leo, Sagittarius, and Aries. And then going into air, we have Libra, um, Gemini and Aquarius. So we're already putting each of those with one of those chakras. And it makes sense now we have a stronger energetic pull down than up because we live in a gravity well. We are, right, Earth mm -hmm. being. Yeah. So <laughs> by default, it should make sense that there's more energy in these lower chakras. And on we spend most of our life really balancing the lower three chakras because mm -hmm. uh, they have the longest, slowest wavelength. So they have the most energy to, to deal with there. And again, we live on a gravity planet. So then each <laughs> zodiac sign is ruled by a planet and each of those planets corresponds to a chakra. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to go through each of the planets ruling sign, but I will go through which planets go with which chakras. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. Saturn and the earth, who we kind of covered with the earth element, but Saturn connects to the root chakra. And this is the last planet you can see with the visible eye. So this is like the rules and restraints and constraints of, of being human. Really. Yeah. And then uh, the moon and Jupiter have to do with the sacral chakra. So Jupiter and uh, Saturn are both social planets and, and they tell us about how we engage with other people. Um, so Jupiter and the moon connects to the sacral chakra. Um, this now deals with your emotions that are your own mm -hmm. and emotions that are others. Yep. The solar plexus chakra, I already said, goes with the sun and fire, but also then Mars, right? This is a hot doing energy. And this tells us about your martial style. So how you fight and assert yourself. Um, <laughs> right? Someone though, who's, who's pumping out loving Venus heart chakra energy out of their Mars center, 
they're not going to be aggressive. So we can see certain energetic pairings show up in very distinct ways. The heart then, heart chakra connects to Venus, right? Love and pleasure. And Venus's symbol is literally the symbol for the feminine. Mm-hmm. And the symbol for Mars is literally the symbol for male. Masculine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- that's always cool to see too. Mercury brings us to our throat chakra. And, and this is a place of intelligence. Everything above the heart uh, now is a spiritual spacey energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third eye connects to Neptune, uh, most notably, and Uranus too. Uh, but also the sun and moon are going to influence what's occurring in your mind because Right, your mind has a lot of activity going on up there and and the sun and moon are the luminaries they control your your daytime self and your nighttime self and you're always perceiving through one of those two lenses having neptune presence is just going to make your third eye chakra stronger and more active um and then uranus connects us with the crown but Pisces and Aquarius, which are the last two, they're the 11th and 12th signs, mm-hmm. which are taking us into the next cycle of evolution, also have a stronger resonance to the crown chakra than other places. This explains a lot about my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, active or underactive crown? He's a Pisces. Okay, okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my friends actually are cancers. <laughs> so it's That's funny. like a balance for yeah. fire water combo is dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I concur. Um, that's so fascinating. So then you look at like where those are on a person's chart and you see like then which chakras would be more um, or chakras. I, I also want to like let the viewers know, like just for a second, like a lot of what we inherited in the um, chakra or chakra system. <laughs> yeah, I like, I kind of think of it this way. Like some of them came from like Sanskrit texts, early Sanskrit text, but almost all of like the colors and the psychological aspects we associate with them came later as part of like modern spirituality and Reiki and stuff like that. And it, you can correct me on that, but- Yeah, I will because- yeah. The way we're taught chakras in the West, uh, being the mudras, the colors, the yeah. sounds, the corresponding sense, the yantras, which I love this path of spirituality. Uh, I do too. Like it, it, they're, it's just important to have that they have a distinction. Yeah. They do. Well, it's a sect of Buddhism called Shaktism that gave it to us. Now, Shaktism, right? What are the first five? for Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I. So actually the same uh, Buddhist sect that worships the divine feminine, which Mm -hmm. is Shakti, is the same sect of Buddhism that gave us the version of chakras we know in the West. The chakras are taught from the Vedas and the Tantras through Buddhist and Hindu texts, and they kind of get married into larger texts over time. They do. It's so interesting. Yeah. (laughs) There is way, 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 way more information, wisdom on the chakras than this 
one, you know, shocktist sect. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I don't mind at all that this is the... No, I like uh, it. I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I wanted to like give people permission to kind of think of it more openly instead yeah. of like, cause we're talking a lot about like, you know, they're where they came from and where the planets are and the energy in them and stuff. But like, I, I just wanted to point out, there's like so much out there and so many different ways to think about it and talk about it and like different histories on it and stuff. But okay. Absolutely. So and you can even, you know, for listeners, if you've ever done a journey, uh, which is just listening to like a repetitive drum beat. And this is a, um, I'm trying to think of what kind of teaching this is. A shamanic. Yeah, we call it trance work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you just go on a journey in a trance, you can actually visit each of the planets yourself. I intend to go to Venus. Let your spirit guide take you. What does it feel like in (laughs) Venus? Connect with that energy. It's better than any book you could read, right? Visit the planets and feel them. That's so cool. Okay. So like how, so how do you like kind of go from like birth chart to this drawing? Yeah. So this is something that actually my, my partner is a computer scientist. He does software engineers. So it is one of my big term goals to, to computerize this process because it really truly is, um, programmatic in a sense like I have to do it by hand and that makes it easier for the visual representation yeah but this is how I do it I really write down where the planets sun moon to Saturn are so when I go into a birth chart reading yes we include Uranus Neptune and Pluto and, and even Chiron but those planets are not affecting your default energy flow they're too far away they're dealing with bigger picture things So now based on where those planets were, meaning what zodiac sign they were on, that zodiac sign also carries a specific energy based on its whirling planets. A simple one is Leo because this is a fire energy ruled by the sun. So this is 100% solar plexus chakra energy. Yeah. And there's only a few zodiac signs that are really in a 100% chakra zone. And they're easier to draw. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say now you're, uh, we'll say your Jupiter is in Leo. You're going to be channeling your solar plexus centers energy down and around your sacral chakra. So your emotions are going to be very heated, very charged and very intense and passionate for you. Every planet is in a zodiac sign. So you're looking at how those energies are moving from the place of origin to their expression. And the denser energies, these are your earth element signs. Even if it's like, uh, okay, Taurus, this is a great example. Taurus is an earth element ruled by Venus. So now you're dealing with dense heart chakra energy. Whereas Libra is an air element ruled by Venus. So this is uh, taking heart chakra energy, but giving it very freely, very lightly. Uh, So interesting. That difference. Yeah. densest energies I draw closest to the core, regardless of what expression of chakra energy they are. And then 
so it's coming out of the planet that we're looking at, right? So if it's Venus in Capricorn, we're looking at your heart chakra and expressing Capricorn energy, which is earth element world by Saturn, hundred percent solar plexus energy. Uh-huh. So you end up with a very dense, serious uh, <laughs> <laughs> heart chakra energy. So you would take things very personally, uh-huh. hold relationships dear and close to heart. You're probably not going to have lots and lots and lots of friendships because it would be too much energy, right? It would, it would end up being a pain in your chest to have just all these relationships to take care of. It's uh, so, it's so funny in my, sorry, I'm going to share again in my chart, like you drew the, um, the heart energy, like expanding out everywhere. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> and that's like a caretaker and a healer. Yeah. Right? Has just a hugely expansive heart. And heart chakra energy also emanates from the hands. When people have very healing hands, that's a very expansive heart chakra energy. Yeah, it is so cool just to like, I I had, again, like never thought of this connection, like with the the chakras. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so interesting, like just to have that also with the um, astrology chart. And then so you're talking about like what energy is going on outside of you, what's going on inside of you. And then like, how do you sort of like step forward into these different areas? It was really cool too, to see to, to read and to see that you had. And the model of astrology. Uh-oh, we glitched. Listeners don't mind. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> I think we're back on. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? There's a delay. Shoot. Beep boop. Oh no, now you're frozen. I'm on my normal Wi-Fi. I think we're okay now. I think it is, and I'll just edit all of that. Oh, nope, you're glitching. Can you hear me okay? Nope. Dang it. No, no, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) When you started talking, you can, can you hear me? Okay. I can right now. I can hear you. No, no, I can't. No. (laughs) You come and go. Let's try this. Touch and go. Let's stop the video and see if that helps the connection. Sure. Can you hear me okay? All right. Yeah, that works actually, or that did work. I can hear you okay. Perfect. Okay, we are back. Awesome. <laughs> Let's pick up where we were. The last thing that you were talking about was um, the connection in with having the energy within as well as the energy without. Yes, so the motto of astrology is as above, so below. And it's kind of impossible for me. It was impossible to not connect with the chakras already having learned about them uh, because you're just using the same descriptions for these energy types of the planets. 
that we're using to describe these chakras. So I'd mapped them together before I found other people who are also mapping them together, right? And, and it really lines up. Um, so I, that was a cool connection to make initially. And it also really, um, it helps my customers, right? If I work with, and, and you teach yoga, right? If you yep. teach yoga, if you do Reiki, um, you already know about the chakra system. You don't know about astrology and all the houses and all the zodiac signs, but you do know about the chakras and that provides a language to speak through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I feel like also a really helpful way to think about like the body, to think about the associations that we make, uh, like with our, in terms of our emotions and our thoughts with different parts of the body. And then like, yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating. Um, it is also really interesting to me. Can you tell people a little bit about your history? Cause you had said that you had gone into engineering, but yeah. there's more. And I, I'm also really fascinated with the fact that you started in this interest in the energies of the body. And so I'm kind of curious how you went from maybe your undergraduate education or your graduate education, whatever your education was like, yeah. <laughs> and how you ended up being coming so interested in this. For sure. So I got my bachelor's of science. I got a dual major in mechanical engineering. Stop. So boring. <laughs> uh, but with design, innovation, and society. Mm. And that looks at what kind of problems we are solving and really works on re reframing problem definition. And by the time I was, you know, graduating college and you're looking at a mechanical engineer makes mechanical things. And you might ask, how can we make these things better? But the reality is we shouldn't be making these things at all. Like our <laughs> mechanical yeah. systems are so messed up. And in design, innovation and society, I worked a lot with sustainability, right? Looking at full life cycles of products. And so like in my personal life, I do zero waste at home and, and homesteading. And so there was a very big disconnect <laughs> between yep. my passions and engineering. But it was good to get an engineering degree because I'm very good in math and science, which was the whole reason I was put on that path in the first place. So I ended up working in solar energy uh, in my career. <laughs> and that made sense, right? Yes. That just made sense for what I did care about. And I was, you know, a marketing manager for two different commercial scale solar energy companies. And this allowed me to learn marketing, <laughs> right? How to build websites and write blog posts yep. and uh, do outreach and you know, web optimization and graphic design and use all sorts of fancy tools. Uh, and there was the general satisfaction of trying to, you know, get more people to use solar energy. I also like that you were, I mean, like you were already dealing with the sun with the like unit, units in the sky. <laughs> the sun, the infinite giver of life. Uh, and you know, it would get very frustrating to work in solar energy because this, it, it's cheaper, it, it pays for itself, it's cleaner, it's greener. And the only reason these people aren't 
doing it and, and not interested is because it takes effort and time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take money or resources. It just takes effort and time. So that was, you know, like butting head on a wall. And so I ended up getting really into the chakras because of my own healing. Uh, in 2018, my, my father and brother both passed away. And that was right when I moved into a new home. And prior to this, I had, you know, kind of started on this chakra journey, but like by focusing on the solar plexus for a full year. And that was my only intention uh, uh-huh. to work with that one chakra, which is funny because it was also totally my most active chakra and the one mm. I definitely needed to work chill. With. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> center right there's play and and inner child in that space uh so kind of the life events that that happened right when I move into a new home which is where you're going to build roots and and we bought a house so it was really somewhere I'm intending to plant roots uh you know we moved in in November you know January 1 I'm like okay I'm gonna restart this chakra thing at the root chakra and do it in ascending order. And I really slowed down, took the relaxation restoration to the deepest part I could, uh, you know, that year when I was moving through grief and, and coming into this new home, new community, all of that. So in my personal journey through the chakras, the, you know, the divine timing of how it's lined up is of course, humbling and mesmerizing and so yep. uh, as is so much of the work I do so now <laughs> I'm like less like oh this is insane because I feel that way all the time uh <laughs> I know I know doing readings like for people and you have like you have moments where I, it, early in the practice you're like oh wow I can't believe I tuned into that and that's like true for them and then after a while you're just like miracles are normal exactly <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so I was on my own chakra journey when I really got into astrology. And this uh, just happened so perfectly. Uh, I was at some concert and met some guy who wrote a book on numerology, gave it to me for free and was, you know, telling me about that process. Uh, and he also worked with chakras. And so at this point in time, he tells me, you know, you are water element ruled by the moon. Mm-hmm. And I hysterically laugh because I've already verbatim described myself as a water <laughs> element ruled by the moon. And I call <laughs> my partner, right? Oh, you're a fire element and, uh, you, you know, or earth element. And I don't get along with fire elements and all this stuff, right? Just as poetic description of the world. <laughs> I do. I've been writing poetry for, for years. And even in high school, I, you know, put up YouTube videos of spoken word poetry. So through that lens of just sensing the world in that way, it was surreal to find out this was true. And then I just went deep, deep, deep into the science part of it right? And again, that science part is easy to study if you have a good understanding, right, of kind of working with systematic thinking. Um, 
so yeah, that was once I was turned on to astrology, there was just no going back because <laughs> I never intended to become an astrologer. I just, uh, I had a gift that, yep. <laughs> that people were really grateful for. And so I shared and shared more. <laughs> yeah. And then like now you're working on um, hosting like moon circles. I am. Yeah. And that was just something that I felt very called to do. Uh, meaning like, you know, hearing a little whisper in my ear, like host sacred sister circles, host sacred sister circles. Uh, so I, I started doing that on the last year on, on Halloween. It was a blue moon. It was Halloween, Samhain, Day of the Dead, all the same day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is the perfect time, right? And yep. <laughs> I'm always looking for divine timing, the perfect time to host my first circle. And, you know, I put the call out, like 13 women showed up and I've hosted now 11 of these moon circles. Awesome. And most recently, I also hosted a spring equinox uh, event. So, you know, now both of these things is like working with the rhythm of the moon and working with the rhythm of the earth. Mm. So I, you know, we all do a good job already working with the sun because that's our careers and our, our goals that take time. But actually taking time to deal with emotions and share those and express those, um, as well as taking time to connect with the earth and growing and planting seeds and harvesting, uh, it really makes, for me, a spiritual path more complete and more grounded versus this is something I do in my head meditating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I just, um, <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably be past this date, but can yeah. you like maybe give people an example? Do you, are you also tying, like when you do the, the sacred sister moon circles, mm-hmm. are you tying? Like, I know the full moon coming up next isn't my sign Scorpio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how are you like tying that together? What would be like something that people could, could sort of like think about when they think about full moon energy and when they think about full moon energy in a specific zodiac sign? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is I have a uh, newsletter I send out to my email list that connects uh, the energy of a moon cycle with the chakras that are going to be most supported and most challenged. So you can sign up for that on my website, thechakraoracle.com. And and that's the number one way I kind of share that information. Sometimes I'll, you know, do YouTube videos, um, but it does, that content does get dated very quickly. So I mostly just do the emails now. And the circles uh, are honestly so busy. (laughs) They're two hours. But they're jam-packed with ritual. We start and close each circle by building a mandala made out of all natural, like, you know, dried oranges and roses and really beautiful things. And then, you know, if there's five to 10 women and we're each going to speak and hear each other and maybe dance and sing, um, I try to keep the educational piece to a bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, so that everybody can... Yeah, are always designed to 
uh, work with that energy. So if it's right Aries in the new beginning, this would be, you know, what is your creative project you're going to do? And let's plant that seed. So we might literally plant a seed or you might write it down on basil, you know, and, and crump that into the dirt and, and plant that. Whereas if you're with Pisces energy, which is transcendent and artistic, you might do a third eye chakra meditation with visualizations and, you know, go with a spirit guide and then come back and translate that into art and create art in the circle. Uh, so really I'm just designing rituals that are supported by these really God and goddess archetypes because each of the planets is named after a Roman God and each of them has a Greek God equivalent and you can easily extrapolate into other um, other philosophies and religions to work with other deities. So when we're working with like Mercury energy, which is like Virgo and Gemini, uh, you know, I might connect with the goddess like Saraswati, who is of sound. And, and these are tied together in that throat chakra essence. That's so cool. That's so interesting. It sounds like, like um, kind of a thing that you tailor to each one. Yeah. And, and it really is. So I think a lot of times what's again, going to these shocking synchronicities um, is it's shocking, right? How similar these circles that maybe I facilitate are to other people facilitating circles at the same time when we don't speak at all about it. <laughs> and I actually joined Rose Gold Goddesses, which is the social media kind of network we connected through. Yep. At the same time-ish that I hosted my first circle. And in my first circle, I ended it by having everyone sing together this song called Grandmother's Song. And then, you know, a couple of days later in this group's goddess circle virtually, even though we're not in a room singing it together, she started the call with having everyone sing this same song. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then I connected to someone else who, you know, different part of the world, hosted their first circle on that, you know, Halloween blue moon. And then also hosted a spring equinox event. And we were like trading ideas about it. But we were also researching these ideas at the exact same time, right? And, and everything that comes together, we're drawing on the same energy and being moved by the same energies and it's painfully obvious. So you can intuit fully into energies or you can look, learn them right through astrology. The marriage gives you a full and complete understanding. Yes. I was about to say, I like both. <laughs> I like to know and to feel. Absolutely. Learning astrology gives you language so you yep. can communicate it with people who don't feel it. Yes. So important. Such an important skill and such a gift. Yeah. Well, that is a, the intuiting, right? That is a huge gift of yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for the listeners who don't know, um, 
I was curious about astrology and I went on this networking site that Luna mentioned and I said something to the effect of, I, I do art readings. <laughs> Does anyone on here do astrology readings? Let's trade. <laughs> I actually love doing it that way too, because then you get to know people as well. Mm, yeah. Um, I've always loved doing, um, energy exchanges and it's motivated me to to do more of that in other capacities too uh like you know plant come to my event don't pay me bring flowers <laughs> like yeah stuff. yeah did I lose you nope nope oh, okay sorry <laughs> there was a pause and I was like oh no um I was going to ask you for those listeners who have just heard you talk about astrology and are curious either about getting their own chart read or coming to one of the goddess circles or, uh, where can they find you or moon circles? What do you call them? I call them sacred sister circles, Perfect, uh, but they yeah. are absolutely moon circles because it is always on the new or full moon. Yeah. How, tell folks how they can find you. Yeah, totally. So all of my handles and everything is the Chakra Oracle. Uh, that's my business name. So you can A, subscribe to my email list at thechakraoracle.com. That will give you updates about, you know, what's going on astrologically um, for moon circles to receive invitations for that. And then just when I have new, uh, you know, programs or, or offerings, I'll share that on there first. Um, you can also connect with me on, on social media. I'm on Instagram and YouTube uh, at the Chakra Oracle. And then on Facebook, I am just at Chakra Oracle. So I'll share my events always on Facebook, um, but you can go to my website to directly book an astrology reading, directly book a tarot reading. Um, and the astrology readings are really a requirement to even do life coaching. With. <laughs> They're always the first step. I don't know you till I know your whole universe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can also email me directly Um at the chakra oracle at gmail.com. And, and that can be good if you have questions. Some people don't actually know their exact birth time and, and conversations can be, be had in that case. And I've done readings absolutely for people who don't know their exact birth time. You can get a lot of information with just the day and you can even try to rectify um, and use your life experiences to determine your birth time. So when you're in a more unique scenario, you can, you know, just shoot me an email. Again, that's the chakra oracle at gmail.com. Um, and on Instagram, I share, share quite a bit of my own journey. So that's a way to get to know each other quite intimately. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, for everyone listening, Luna's um, contacts and all of the links are in the show notes. Do you have anything that, well, you said they could join the mailing list. Do you have any, um, any other things that you want to tell folks about? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have a spiritual healing program that is two months, uh, as well as an awakening lightworkers program that is five months. And 
these programs are so fun, but the Awakening Lightworkers one is really for people who resonate strongly with that message. Lightworker, healer, you are here to raise the vibration of the collective consciousness, right? That is like Lightworker mission. (laughs) And if you're here for it, but you're really new to it, right? I've designed a program specifically for that experience because I know it's it's a lot. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can check out your own birth chart on, on CoStar. They'll give you a little bit of details. Uh, my creative process includes, a, you know, a personalized aura drawing that you get to keep. And then we look at your birth chart and move through it and connect the visuals with storylines. So I'm really trying to help empower people to read their own charts rather than just, you know, give, give a definition. Awesome. Well, listeners, as a thank you for tuning into this episode, Luna is also gifting you a coupon code, free hugs, which I dropped my jaw when I read this, (laughs) which makes the uh, hour-long astrology reading with Luna just $50, which is absolutely incredible. So that's super generous of you. And the, um, the discount code will also be in the show notes as well. Yes. And it really is generous. I know some people really (laughs) don't know what to expect going into an astrology reading. Um, And I'm really only even able to, you know, make that offer because of the spiritual life coaching uh, as well. It would be, I think, very challenging. (laughs) I I read that and I was like, wow. Astrology (laughs) reading. So yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, her and the readings. So thank you, Luna, so much for being here. It is always a pleasure to talk to you and get caught up with you. And I thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing what you know with the listeners. Uh, Thank you, Emily. And it was fun getting into it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Always getting into it over here. <laughs> hey everyone, I hope you loved that interview. As we mentioned, all of the links that Luna mentioned are in the show notes. You can find her really easily on her website. Her um, astrology readings are very, very, very affordable. They're amazing. She does a great job. You even get like a portrait of your energy with them, which was so cool and surprising and wonderful. Uh, I when I opened up the package she sent me, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is so cool. So anyway, that's there for you as a resource. And as always, I hope you have an amazing day. I'm sending you so much love and so much joy and bravery to step out there into the world and really start looking for what you want and start heading out on your own sacred adventure. Mm-hmm.